Live from the Hot Stove Lounge, the Flames Talk post-game show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Okay, we are underway post-game on this Monday night. The Flames kick off a six-game homestand with a big 2-1 overtime win over the Vegas Golden Knights. Mackenzie Weger with less than five seconds to go in the extra frame, and the Flames come away with a 2-1 victory here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Welcome to our Flames Talk post-game show. It's Pat Steinberg along with you, Derek Wills, and soon to be joined by Megan Mickelson as well. Uh, real tight checking game out there. Not not a whole lot to uh, not a whole lot to dif- differentiate, especially when it came to the goaltenders. Aiden Hill and Dan Vladar both played very well. We're going to hear from emergency backup Dusty Nickel in just a second as our live post game interview. Um, and it was a really fascinating game. It started with the news that Jacob Markstrom was not going to start Wilsey as uh, he was ill. So Dan Vladar got a couple of hours notice to come in. Probably played his best game in a long time as a member of the Flames and got a heck of an effort from his group uh, outside as well. That was uh, an interesting finish and a great finish from Mackenzie Weger tonight. Yeah, what a weird start with uh, Jacob Markstrom being too sick to play and Dan Vladar getting uh, a start sprung on him and uh, you got the e-bug sitting on the bench the whole game. That probably was a great experience. We even had a scare early in the game. Two scares? Yeah. You might even say three because he seemed to get shaken up in the third period as well. But look like Dan Vladar might have to come out early and uh, the e-bug might have to go in. But uh, thankfully, he was able to, to tough it out. And he played maybe his best game as a member of the Flames. I thought he was fantastic tonight. So was Aiden Hill at the other end. But you know they gutted out that win. And I thought they deserved two points tonight. I thought they were the better of the two teams. And they deserve a lot of credit for, for battling back again, Pat. And I'm not sure if you heard it. You probably did. But uh, that marks the eighth time in the last 11 games the Flames have battled back from behind to pick up at least a point, if not two. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Crazy. Uh, mixed with us now as well following a uh, 2-1 overtime win over the Vegas Golden Knights. Hey, uh, they uh, they stuck with it, Mick. They uh, they were able to uh, score that game tying goal. We'll get to that in just a second, but uh, let's head right now to the Flames locker room uh, and check in with the guy who scored that game tying goal as A.J. Greer joins us from outside the Flames locker room following a 2-1 overtime win tonight. A.J., appreciate the time. Just uh, how did it feel when uh, – uh, you saw McKenzie's goal go in with less than five seconds to go. Oh, it was a great feeling. Uh, all the guys on the bench were fired up. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a great reward for a, a great effort, and we stuck with it. Uh, we knew it was going to be a tough game, tough opponent, so um, we were so happy, and especially uh, Weeks had a great game there, just kept skating and, and, you know, put it on net, trusted the process. So uh, it was a great great goal, and I know it, it erupted the building, which is great for the fans too. It was uh, – you were down by one after 20, down by one after 40. You mentioned it, stuck with it. Uh, seems like that's something this group has just kind of been known to do. How, how easy is it for this? group to stick with it at this point knowing the type of belief you've built up yeah it's uh you know it's it's great because we we've come back so many times this year already and and it just shows uh how committed we are to to stick into the process and and playing a 60 minute game um you know a one goal lead is is uh isn't a great lead coming into the third and it's hard to protect once we uh you know we put the pressure on um, but again, everyone kind of believed, and I think that's kind of a pattern that you're seeing right now with our group is that, uh, you know, uh, we, we might have slow starts, but at the end of the day, we get the, the, the job done and, and, and we believe, and, and that's all that you, you need as a team, as an athlete. Um, 
And, and that's all you need in sports is belief in yourself and in the group. Uh, tell us about the goal that you scored and uh, the game-tying goal early in the third period. How do you see it develop, AJ? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm going to have to go to my phone here and, and go look at the video because <laughs> it happened so quick. Uh, all, all I can say is I came off the bench and I was, uh, had an entry in the zone and I, I was headed to the net and all of a sudden I just see uh, the, the rubber right in front of me and uh, I saw a spot top right. Um, so, you know, it, I'm, uh, I'm fortunate to, to have that opportunity and I, have to, I bear down to put it in. But again, um, it, it's all part of that process. And, and like I said, it's the belief. We had a bunch of opportunities from every, uh, every guy in that locker room. Um, I thought everyone contributed and, and uh, you know, it, it was bound to go in. So, um, you yeah, know, I'm just proud of the guys. Final thought, you're uh, kicking off your first extended stretch on home ice this season, AJ. Uh, how, how good is it to kick off a homestand with a win like this? It's a great feeling for both uh, the group here and for the fans. I think it, it gets everyone excited. Um, you know, uh, we, we've been on the road for quite a, some time now, so coming back to the Dome and being in front of our fans is a great privilege, and um, a great OT win like this kind of gets everyone fired up for the next game. So uh, we're really excited for uh, what's to come next and um, headed to, you know, the, the Christmas break. I think these are crucial points to get, so uh, we're going to need every, uh, every fan out there to just be the loudest we can. We're going to do our job, uh, you know, and, and we're, we're counting on you guys to be uh, as loud as you can. Great stuff, AJ. Congrats on the goal. Congrats on the win. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you very much. That is uh, AJ Greer. Uh, Timmy, stay with us upstairs. We might have a second guest on headset, so just uh, stay with us upstairs. I think we're going to hear from uh, Dustin Nickel as well um, and uh, chat with him because that was a really cool story too because what a a neat thing that must have been for him as the emergency backup. But Mick, uh, Megan Mickelson's joined us here on the Flamestock postgame show as well. Was just about to uh, get your thoughts on the game before we brought in AJ, but again, as, as you heard it there, stuck with it, scored a goal to tie it, and then we're able to find a way with less than five seconds to go in overtime. Well, I first have to say I love AJ Greer interviews. <laughs> I don't know about anybody else. He's, awesome. always, he's always so insightful and just always recognizes the fans and the crowd as well. And, you know, they the team gave the crowd a reason to be excited tonight. The Flames played their best game of the season in my opinion just with the way that they were playing with a ton of urgency desperation they were first to pucks winning way more puck battles support all over the ice the way that they were able to break out of their zone cleanly get through the neutral zone but it was also their offensive creativity and I mentioned it to Wilsey during the game just the way that they've continued to build their offensive game and just add different layers to it over the last little while has been really, really impressive. So just, you know, saw everything from this team tonight just in terms of the way that they need to play to win hockey games with the type of team that they have, the personnel that they have. And like AJ said, just that belief um, and that the no quit attitude that this group has, you can tell that, you know, there's that belief in the room, but that comes from your leadership, from your coaching staff uh, to your leadership group, just in the way that when you move through a season and you face adversity and there are distractions the way that they've kept them on track and just have really built what seems like a very strong 
team in every sense of the word. So a really, really impressive game and just a beautiful goal by Mackenzie Weger to cap it off. It's two straight overtime wins as well for a team that struggled. Uh, yeah. Couldn't yeah. win games in overtime. And I said to Megan, the Flames are 0-3 in shootouts and the Golden Knights are 3-0. and So they might want to end <laughs> this game in 3-on-3 overtime. And they did. I, I got to touch on Adrian Gear for just a minute because – they got this guy for nothing. They picked him up off of waivers. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what a move by Craig Conroy. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe his best move as general manager of this team so far. And not only did A.J. Greer score the game-tying goal tonight, but remember what he did to stick up for his teammate Dan Vladar in the first period, trying to get William Carrier to drop the gloves. Yeah, that's a good point. Y- you yeah, know, really like that stuff matters. Yep. That stuff brings teams together. So what a game by A.J. Greer. And if you will allow me to troll just for a minute I just want to point out that AJ Greer now has more goals than both Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew <laughs> Kachuk he's got four that's uh, not too bad yeah. nice, nice goal too absolutely and he has been a mainstay on the fourth line there's been a revolving door at center there's been a revolving door on right wing he has been the mainstay on left wing he's only been out for one game this season. The one is a healthy scratch, He has been in his role as consistent as any player on this team. For sure. And it's good to see him get rewarded with some goals, especially a, a big one like he scored tonight. Well, when we talked about it in the game against Colorado, I believe, and just he played eight and a half minutes in that game and like every single game i mean tonight he played 10 minutes but it's very rare that you see him in the double digits in terms of how many minutes he plays but when you think of how impactful he is it is not easy to come off the bench after you've been sitting for four or five or six minutes or whatever and go out there and have some some fire in your legs like that's really hard Mm -hmm. physically but he does it time after time after time when you think about it when they went down to uh 10 forwards in the third period Greer was still one of them yeah. yep. it was Greer Kadri and uh Dubé that were playing a lot together in the third period with Zeri and and Ruzicka not playing as much so that was pretty neat as well and and uh maybe this is a uh a good way to uh, transition to the hardest working flame, or are we going to head to the? Uh, are we heading to the locker room here, Timmy? Okay, let's do that right now. Uh, I, I just see him on our screen uh, right now. Uh, Dusty Nickel just finished doing media in the Flames locker room, and really excited to hear from the backup goaltender this evening for the Calgary Flames. Uh, Dustin Nickel, formerly of the Calgary Canucks and Mount Royal Cougars, joins us on Flames Talk post game right now, following a two one. Overtime win over the Vegas Golden Knights. Dusty, just uh, tell us what uh, tonight was like. Give us a give us a little bit of a rundown of the last four or five hours for you. Yeah, for sure. It was uh, definitely a bit of a whirlwind. I uh, woke up from a nap and got a text from uh, from Jason Lavarbo and kind of let me know that uh, that there's a possibility that I might be dressing today. And uh, the uh, the adrenaline definitely spiked a little bit there. And uh, shortly after that, he said, "Yeah, we got if you can come to the rink right away here." And I, I quickly put some clothes on out of a nap and uh, had a banana and ran out the door and I was at the rink pretty quick. So it was, it was a whirlwind. There was a lot of uh, a lot going on. I'm not even quite sure what to make of all of it, but it was uh, super exciting. Okay, and I know that you probably were asked this uh, two or three minutes ago, but what were you thinking early when uh, Dan got crashed into? What was going through your head on the bench there? <laughs> yeah, there, there was definitely a lot of thoughts going through my head at that point. I was kind of <laughs> looking at the adrenaline was, uh, was up a little bit for sure. Uh, I don't think it ever came down, to be honest with you. So uh, it, was, uh, it happened pretty quick, and I looked up at the clock, and I'm like, that's 
that's a long time to, to play right now. So uh, I was kind of looking over and making sure that he was okay and uh, saw him get up and shake it off. And uh, so it was good to see that. And, and uh, he had an awesome game. How uh, how were the how are the guys how are the how is the group uh, welcoming uh, welcoming you into the team? Uh, guys were awesome. I uh, got here, staff, players, everybody. They were they were super welcome when I got in here. Made me feel comfortable about it all. And uh, we were just kind of having some fun in the dressing room, loosening me up as much as they could. And uh, then went on business as usual. So it was uh, it was awesome. Uh, what was warm up like? What was uh, taking the shots like? Were they uh, were they as as hard and zinging as uh, you thought they would be? Yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. There's uh, the drum was up there. I'm running in trails, even watching the puck. I was uh, <laughs> just trying to make sure I stayed everybody's way in, and uh, and I uh, didn't quite succeed at that. I uh, ran into backs early on in the warm up there, trying to stay out of everybody's way, and uh, was just trying to stay focused and, and and take it all in as much as I could. Uh, final thought for you. So, what what are your uh, keepsakes? What do you get to bring home with you from uh, what is a pretty special night? Uh, you know what? I don't, I'm not even quite sure. It's happened all so fast. I know I got a sweater and a hat here so far. So I, hopefully I can uh, steal those out of here. I might smuggle all sweater. <laughs> in my bag so that's awesome congratulations Thanks, hey. uh that's Appreciate awesome it. be well hey yes but thank you very much take that, care that's uh dusty nickel who uh i you could tell that security is <laughs> oh, still. Was that so is awesome that was awesome okay mick you're you uh you have you've played many games before you've uh you've represented our country um put yourself in his skates and uh oh. if you were in that situation what would what would be going through your head if you know if you weren't quite uh, the level you were and and maybe you did need uh, some sort of emergency recall situation with the national team what would be going through your head oh my gosh I don't even know like you try to put yourself in those shoes I don't know if I could really fathom like how he was feeling like he said he woke up from a nap like imagine like what a way to wake up from a nap yeah, and I say you're, you're going down to the saddle dome and you're putting on a Calgary flames jersey and you know i think of when i was 17 years old and i got to play with like cassie campbell and Haley wickenheiser and so like i i remember how that feels and just like the nervous excitement energy anticipation like he said adrenaline it almost feels like it probably felt surreal for him many times. It probably does. He'll probably wake up tomorrow morning and think like, did that really that just happen? Yeah. Like, but it was, it was really cool. I mean, there's, you know, a lot of things that happen in the game of hockey from, you know, a human standpoint that, you know, you kind of get all the feels. And to me, you know, even just seeing his, the look on his face on the bench throughout the game and just had a massive smile. We just heard it in his voice, yeah. just that joy. Like those are things that you love to hear about and you love to see, um, so that was that was definitely a a neat little addition to the game yeah. tonight. Uh, Jason LaBarbera is on his way here, so we'll get some more perspective from the goaltending coach of the Flames. As we wait for him, let's select tonight's hardest working flame. Brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. 2-1 overtime win. Which way are you going on our hardest worker tonight? Yeah, I'm going with A.J. Greer. I mean, I've talked about him a lot, and I'm just – such a you know huge fan of the way that he plays the game night in and night out with limited minutes coming off the bench like i mentioned you're cold it's not an easy thing to do he had four shot attempts two shots on net four hits like and as wilsey mentioned the way that he stood up for dan vladar early on in the game 
He's just such a great team guy, brings so much energy, yep. and just finds ways to get into the sneaky little areas and pop goals in every once in a while. So A.J. Greer has my vote tonight. A.J. Greer is your hardest working flame. It's brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. I'm really excited to talk to our next guest as well. <laughs> uh, we just heard from uh, Dusty Nickel live. Uh, it's Derek Wills, Megan Mickelson, Pat Steinberg, and now Jason LaBarbera, goaltending coach of the Flames. So Dusty gave us his rundown where he's like, yeah, I woke up from a nap and had a text from Barb's and I was like, I guess I might be coming to the Dome. And then uh, here's here's what I, for, at around, I want to say like 5.30 or so, somebody texted me and said, I just saw Markstrom leaving. I was like, what? Well, probably doesn't mean he's playing tonight. So my spidey senses were tingling and then everything transpired the way they did. So let's take us through Jason LaBarbera's night as it all led up to Dan Vladar getting the start this evening. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty eventful. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot going on. It's that uh, it happened. You know, when I when I played, it's happened to me. But the first time as a coach in a sense of, you know, a guy is sick. Uh, you make the call at the time you make it, and then it all the dominoes along the way fall in. So now you got to tell Danny's playing. You got to tell Dusty, hey, uh, just so you know, you might be backing up, and he's kind of like what? And then you got to find another emergency backup goalie to fill in for him. So it was uh, a lot of moving parts, but uh, it's uh, it worked out. It worked out for us in the end. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I have to ask, and I know Pat asked Dusty, but when. <laughs> Dan got bowled over early oh on in the game. <laughs> I would like to know what was going through your head. I mean, a you, you, you hope the heck Dan's just for his own sake is okay, and then you kind of you're almost, I mean, you're you're almost laughing a little bit, being like, oh, "Wow, like this is something this actually might happen." <laughs> like, right? Like he actually might have to go in here, you know, because that was like Dan got smoked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and to his credit, he he. Didn't sell it. He got up right away, knowing that you know there's spotters and different things going on. Mm -hmm. Like you got if you sell if you sell it at all, like they might take you out of the game. And so never even thought of yeah, that. right. Yeah. So he 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 knew like he wasn't feeling great when it happened, and he got up and dug in and and because uh, he knew he had, he had no choice. <laughs> Did you apply for the e-bug job or what, what happened not, there? The, the boys, the boys were like <laughs> they wanted me in there bad. Like the guys were like, but I'm not allowed to. It's, oh, is that uh, right? Yeah, as a former, because you're under contract. Or? Well, no, as a former NHL player, you're uh, you're not oh. allowed to be a, oh. uh, an emergency backup. So it's some cap issue thing or something, and it's it's. I mean, at the end of the day, like it's an unfair advantage, I guess, to have a. Huh. As you know, an emergency backup as 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 a guy that played in the NHL, it played in the league, yeah, yeah right. So, uh, yeah, the guys, the, the former players, aren't allowed to do it. I also think it's before we move on. I think it's ridiculous that Dustin Wolf was available and in this city and wasn't permitted to be recalled. I yeah. think it, it it puts the league in a spot where. Let, let's say Dan Vladar does get knocked out of this game five minutes in, <laughs> and now know. you've got a guy who's never played professionally coming in. It doesn't look good on the league. No, no, I, I, I didn't know the rule. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if any of us knew it. And then we found, you know, you find out at five o'clock. Yeah, it had to be done. I think before five. Mm -hmm. uh, but we didn't know until five thirty that this was was going to happen. So it kind of puts you in a bind. I mean, for us, obviously being here, it's it's an advantage if you have that situation, and maybe that's why that's the rule. Uh, but I, I don't know. I know I am with you though because. 
obviously, like Wolfie has been probably just sitting at home hanging out, and he easily could have come over yeah. here. And he's got to be like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah, right? Like, no, I think I've heard the call up. Um, switching <laughs> gears. Made it, he could have made a little bit of dough today, too. So. 100%. Yeah. And better than e-bug money, yeah, too. Yeah. Um, Which is zero. S- switching, Which is zero. <laughs> yeah. Switching gear. He, he gets a jersey and a hat, and he's going to steal as much stuff as he can, he told us. He gets uh, to talk to you guys, right? Yeah, well, it's all good. What a win that <laughs> Congratulations. is. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. That's the uh, booby prize, unfortunately. <laughs> but... Um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but in eight of your last 11 games, you guys have fallen behind and fought back to pick up at least a point. You're in that room. Is that just belief that, hey, we're down, but we've done this before, we can do it again? Yeah, I, I think it's a lot of factors. I mean, it's – I'm going to give you a cliche, I guess, but it's just sticking to the process. Like, uh, you know, the guys stick to the game plan and you get behind and you still feel like you're – you're in the game and you know we're in a lot of close games like it's not like we're down two or three and we come back like you're down a goal uh maybe two halfway through the game and you just find ways to claw back into the game and give yourself a chance and uh that's what i mean we've done a good job of that we've done a good job of keeping games close and uh finding ways at the end of the game to get get ourselves points and um you know we don't have as a group the guys don't waver from the game plan they stick mm-hmm. with it and um because you can, for sure. You get down a goal or two, it's easy for a team to just feel sorry for themselves and sort of let off off the gas and and or guys starting to go rogue and try trying to do their own stuff and mm-hmm. try to you know get the guy get the team going. But they stick together and and so far uh, you know obviously you don't like being down all the time, uh, but you know it's it's a good sign in the sense that the guys do stick together like that. Chatting with Jason LaBarbera, Flames goaltending coach, two one overtime win over Vegas tonight. Uh, what did you think of? Dan Vladar's game didn't. What what time did he find out he's starting at? Uh, right after, right after about five thirty. So okay. it was like five forty maybe. Like so he had less than two hours. He, he was okay. yeah, and it's and, and I mean you guys watch morning skates. It's not like he he takes it easy in the no, morning. No, like, he, he got back. He today. was out there for about you know we had yesterday off. They have the day off tomorrow. Like you know it's like today's a work day, and you <laughs> you work him a little bit and and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've been in a situation. It's happened. It's happened to me a few times where a guy gets sick like right before the game, or something happens right before the game, and you're clearly not ready for it. But at the same time, sometimes it's just easier to jump in, and you don't have time to think. Yep. Mm-hmm. You just go play, and you don't. You like you have. It's almost like you almost kind of laugh about it because you're just like, I can't believe this is happening right now. But yeah. this is what's happening, and you find a way to you find a find a way to dig in and. To his credit, like he he dug in, you know he dug in and and he was awesome tonight and gave us gave us you know he gave us a chance at the end to win. Yep. One interesting thing or one positive, I think, from the last group of games that I've seen, anyways, and I think Wilsey would agree, is just the offensive creativity. It seems like you guys are really starting to just add layers in terms of the way that you're playing in the offensive zone. I know that you do pre-scouts on the other team's goalies, so we'll attribute the offensive success to that. <laughs> I don't but know also, about that, but I'll take it. Outside of that, what would you say has been key in terms of just adding layers to their offensive game? The, your offensive game is always uh, evolving, right? So, you know, you always start the year off, you know, with all these ideas and everyone's creative at the start of the year. And then you kind of, as a, as the year goes on, you start to see what sort of team you have and you start pulling back on some stuff and you start adding other things. And um, I think, you know, like I think early in the year, our puck management 
all over the ice, you know, was a struggle for us. Um, as as we've gone on, especially in the ozone, we've done a much better job of, you know, protecting the puck, playing with the puck, not turning pucks over as much in the ozone. And um, you know, we're finding ways to get pucks to the net. And you know, I, I you know, I've said it before in the sense of you don't have one or two guys that carry the load. Everybody on it, on any given night can contribute. I think as a player, I would think that's exciting. In the sense, you know, AJ scores tonight, Mackenzie scores tonight. They're not, they're not, you know, your top offensive sort of guys. But anybody on any given night can contribute, and I think that as a player, I think that's a good thing. Although I did say earlier that AJ Greer now has more goals than both Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk. So there's that. <laughs> um, Megan asked you about the offensive zone. I want to ask you about the defensive zone because earlier this season, it's something we talked about almost at nauseum because you guys went from playing man on man to playing zone. And it was an adjustment. You know, coaches said it, players said it. But I, it kind of hit me tonight that we haven't talked about it in a while. And I thought, you know, that's a good thing because it doesn't look like they're disorganized anymore. You guys look a lot cleaner in the defensive zone. Is that what you're seeing as well? And how would you kind of explain how the, the team got from A to B and, and got to where they are now? Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. It, it's, a, it's a process. I think, you know, it's a copycat league. You know, we just played Vegas that's that's their D zone. They want a cup doing it. And you watch them tonight, like they didn't give up a whole lot. They've got that D zone dialed down. Um, you know, and it takes, there's teams all over the league that have been trying it. Some teams it's taken a little bit longer to figure out. I think as we've gone on here, we're slowly starting to have a better grasp of it. You know, obviously Husk and, and Kale and our coaching staff are really great at explaining it to the guys on in video and stuff. And, um, you know, it's, it's uh, it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely different for sure. There's a lot of moving parts to it, um, but the guys are starting to grasp it for sure as a whole, as a, as a whole, like as everybody as uh, you know as a group, and uh, you know it's a lot of work for your centermen for sure. And those <laughs> guys have done a good job, and um, you know it's 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 always going to be a work in progress. But uh, so far we've you know we've 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 found ways to to get better at it. Thanks, Barb. So uh, we, we, we wish you a much less eventful Thursday. Game. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, fellas. Appreciate it. Uh, that's Jason LaBarbera, Flames goaltending coach, joining us following a 2-1 overtime win over the Vegas Golden Knights here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Flames uh, win in an overtime, back-to-back overtime wins Monday to Monday. So they've now won their, their last two uh, overtime trips, which is good news as well. Pretty fitting that. Jason LaBarbera was our scheduled I coach know. tonight. As soon as, as, as I was I'm like, did they just back? change that? But I looked at the schedule. No, no, it was. Yeah, he's as there. I was walking across the catwalk today, I was like, that's good, uh, good time. <laughs> we got Barb's on today. Yeah. And then they ended up winning as well. See you, Barb's. Thank you very much. Uh, by the way, our marquee matchup brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. Uh, we were looking at the power play, which did go 0 for 3 tonight uh, against the Vegas Golden Knights. Get some final thoughts from uh, you two fine folks following a 2-1 overtime win. Uh, then we'll get to head coach Ryan Huska and get to the phone calls and text. But final thoughts following a, a big overtime win over Vegas, starting with Megan Mickelson. Well, I'm not sure a hockey game gets much better than that in terms of the physicality, back and forth, tight checking, uh, the drama with the e-bug coming in, um, the overtime. I mean, it wasn't even a three-on-three overtime. It was a four-on-four overtime because we yeah. never got a whistle the entire time. And then a game winner, an end-to-end rush, scored with less than five seconds left. But I said it earlier, that was – the best game in terms of playing with urgency and desperation 
Um, and just a really complete game from the Flames, their defensive zone, neutral zone, all the things, offensive zone. I thought it was just a, a great team effort, incredible performance by Dan Vladar, and just a team that continues to trend in the right direction just in terms of building their game and adding layers. That's what you want to do over the course of the season, and that's exactly what they are doing. Flames already have twice as many third-period come-from-behind wins this season as they had all of last season. They had two last season. Two wins when trailing following 40 minutes. They have four in 22 games this season. Like, last season, in so many ways, felt like it just wasn't meant to be. And this season kind of started off that way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know, three shootout losses. and But it, it's turned. And it's almost hard to believe that after a 2-7-1 and one start, the Flames are now sitting in the second wildcard spot in the Western Conference. There's a long way to go. They're going to be battling probably right until the bitter end if they can stay in the race. But uh, I give this team a lot of credit. There's been a lot of distractions. There's been a lot of outside noise. And it's impossible to block all of that out. But I think they've done as good a job as they can do. And this team has showed some guts. They really have, uh, again... The fact that they have battled back to pick up at least a point, if not two, falling behind in eight of their last 11 games, that says a lot about the character of this team. So they should be proud of themselves. And they beat the defending Stanley Cup champions tonight and kind of beat them at their own game. And it was a hell of a hockey game. I mean, that, for me, looked like a playoff game. There just was not a lot of time and space. And the goaltenders were great. And there were some... Great chances, but even better saves and some hard hits, including one on the goaltender. So uh, sign me up for more of that. Uh, game one of uh, what should be a great four-game season series between these two teams. And now a couple of much-deserved days off because I'm sure they were gassed after playing four and six with all the travel they had on that last road trip. They come home, get part of a day off, right back at it today. And they did not look like a tired hockey team, mentally mm -hmm. or physically. So... Uh, a big win for them, and hopefully one they can uh, build on. They've they've been building up uh, some some intangibles here: belief, confidence, momentum. Uh, keep her keep her going. See you Wednesday. Okay. Good night. Bye, y'all. Uh, Megan and Derek signing off on this Monday night. 2-1. Flames beat the Vegas Golden Knights in overtime. Uh, phone lines open 403-240-4444. Text line open 960-960. There in a second, but right now head coach Ryan Huska. Let's hear from him post-game following Calgary's OT win tonight. How did you feel about uh, your team tonight? Um, pretty good. I mean, there was, there were stretches where um, you know we were on our heels a little bit, but it's not an easy game to come back and play after a road trip. And the way Vegas plays, they're a heavy, hard team to get inside on. They're a heavy, hard team to play against. So I, I was happy with what our guys were able to do tonight. When, uh, when a guy crashes into your goalie two minutes and 35 seconds into a game and you have an e-bug on, on the bench, what goes through your mind as a coach? Um, that it should have been more than a two-minute minor, <laughs> I felt. Um, but, you know, I... I once Vladdy moved around, I knew he was fine. So, you know, the guys love Dusty. Dusty comes out with us a fair bit whenever we need to rest a goalie or if we have someone that needs some extra time. So they love having him around. So it was a pretty cool experience for him, but our, our players enjoyed it as well. You see with the performance of Dan Vladar getting the start? Yeah, <clears throat> not an easy thing. Like he found out just before my meeting at 5.30. Um, 
so he got his extra work this morning, which isn't easy for goaltenders. And to find out late, he doesn't even really have a chance to prepare. So he did an amazing job, by far his best game of the year for us. And there were some key moments in the game where it could have went the other direction off of some turnovers, and he made some big saves for us. Um, so he was most definitely first star in my books tonight. I'd say a pretty amazing, unique experience for Dustin. Did, did he talk to him before the game? And what do you, what do you say? No, I just gave him the knuckles. You know, I, there was, he's, he's a good kid. He really is. Um, there was one practice last year where he was out with us. We were doing a drill where there was a lot of tic-tac-toe stuff, and he stayed in there for the whole thing, but he ripped his groin at the end of it. Um, so, as I said, the guys love having him around, so it's not something you ever want to see yourself in like we were tonight, but um, we're, we're happy for him. It's quite the experience. Is there a stop for Vladar that stands out for you that was uh, the, yeah, the biggest? The breakaway one. For me, um, when we had the turnover on the offensive blue line there, that's a big save. Um, and then I felt after that, um, we were a little hesitant at times. We were starting to throw pucks away, and they got some pretty good chances after that as well. But he was he was sound and solid in his in his game tonight. Beyond beyond Vladar, your defenseman did a really good job of limiting Vegas' forwards. Like, what did you see that they did well versus Vegas? Um, I, I, I thought they stayed close to our net for one. I thought part of the, the help that we had from our forwards through the neutral zone, we limited some of their speed that they like to create. So I, I think it's kind of more of a joint thing than just the defensemen. Um, we didn't give um, some of their, their top end or high end guys a ton of room in the neutral zone tonight. What was your mind when you saw Mackenzie Weger skate up ice with all that time left in overtime? I, I didn't even, um, with the five seconds left when he scored, um, yeah, I was happy he scored for sure. But I was worried a little bit about the offside. I didn't even notice the potential for maybe an interference call there at the time because I thought it might be close to offside. But I got off the bench fairly quickly, so didn't want didn't want to hang around. We talked about the power play a lot this year. What did you make of that group tonight? Against I thought Vegas? I thought it was better. I mean, it was better tonight for sure. Even in overtime, the four on three, you don't often get a lot of them, but they. They had a shoot mentality, and that's important for us. So it's it's not something that you're going to snap your fingers at, and it's going to be better overnight. Um, oftentimes, um, it's got to hit rock bottom before it gets better, and hopefully we've hit that point. Um, but there is some signs of it being quicker and being more aggressive tonight. I guess updates on Chris Tanev? Uh, I don't have any. You know, So he's, he's, he's moving around. He's fine in that regard, but I don't have anything in regards to timeline. No, I was going to say, fair to say that, you know, Tanev is a warrior, to say the least, in yeah. terms of what he's been able to go through and keep bouncing back. Um, yeah. What can you say about his performance? He, even though he's the best. You wish that everybody had what he had. You know, he's got a different level of courage that if you can give a little bit of what he's got to other guys on your team, man, whew, he's a pretty special person, special player for sure. Igor Sharangovich played nearly 22 minutes uh, tonight. He hadn't played more than 19 all season. I feel like it was only a week and a half ago that he was playing less than 10 against the Islanders, I think. I mean, is that a sign of your confidence growing in him and how he's playing? Yeah, he's done some good things lately. Like, he's working on the areas we want him to work on, and I, he's got a skill set that we need. So we want to see him in those situations. And the one thing we don't have a lot of when we speak of power play is one-time shooting threats, and he is one. So if he can get himself feeling comfortable in that area, that's great. He's also a penalty killer for us. So when you're in playing those minutes, it's, it's going to add up for sure. What did you think of Connor's area tonight? He only played under 12 minutes, but he did get an assist. Yeah, I thought he was, I thought he was fine. Yeah. 
if I could just follow up on Terry, not just tonight, like I think he just became the first flame trip in 2017 to have a point in that How I think, well, it started with him coming up with confidence and he was able to make plays um, to start with where our team at the time when he was brought up, we were more of a fragile group where it, it wasn't pretty a lot of nights with what we were trying to do. And he was at the point where he was feeling really good about his game. And when he came up, you could see the confidence that he had. And I think there's been some uh, connection with Naz. Um, and he's just continued to do it for the most part. He's, he's made smart plays when he had nothing. He'll throw it in the corner like a, an NHL player should do. Um, and when he has an opportunity to make a play, he's made some good plays for us for sure. There you go. Head coach Ryan Huska post-game following a Flames 2-1 overtime win over the Vegas Golden Knights. A fun one on a Monday to kick off a six-game homestand. Hey, that was a, a long first segment of your Flames Talk post-game show. Had a lot there. We heard from A.J. Greer live. We heard from Dusty Nickel, your emergency backup live. Jason LaBarbera joined us live. Uh, and we just heard from head coach Ryan Huska. We'll take a break and come back with your phone calls. 403-240-4444. You can We'll get to your text as well at 960-960. Flames win 2-1 in overtime. Plus, we'll still hear from Mackenzie Weger, Dan Vladar, and more post-game from inside the Flames locker room. Flames talk post-game on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. The Flames Talk post-game show continues from the Tot Stove Lounge on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. All right, fun one at the Dome to kick off a six-game homestand. Your final score, 2-1 in overtime. Flames over the Vegas Golden Knights on this Monday as we are well underway. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts and your Flames Talk post-game show. Pat Steinberg along with you. Phone lines at 403-240-4444. There in just a second. Text line, 960-960. There in just a second. But story of this game, goaltending in so many different ways, including Dan Vladar, who Jason LaBarber told us a few minutes ago didn't find out till about like 540 tonight he was getting the start in net. It's time for the save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. And tonight's save of the game comes from Dan Vladar in period number two. Dubé, Dubé, across the Golden Knights line, cuts to the middle and drops it. But Ruzitska turns it over to Marchessault. Now we've got a 2 on one the other way. Marchessault and up the left side, centers, and wah is raw by Vladar! The multiple 10 bell stops made by Dan Vladar tonight. That one on Nick Waugh. That one came in the second period. That's one of the 25 stops made by Dan Vladar tonight and that's his save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kidsport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com the better way to build. Okay, uh, let's dive in. I would imagine that if Jacob's feeling well, he'll get the start Thursday against Dallas, but he was the plan starter for tonight and then next thing you know Dan Vladar's got to go and Dusty Nichols got to be the e-bug in what was a very memorable evening here at the Dome to the text line at 969.60 starting with Ty. Ty says wow Vladar standing on his head only seems fitting that Uyghur won it after he got bailed out by Vladar on that Barbashev breakaway. Greer looked really good tonight. As much as I feel these Flames need to move their UFAs if they won't sign, it's hard to get rid of a guy that's willing to lay his body on the line like Chris Tanev 
All props to him for blocking a shot with his face. Good battle back, fellas. Uh, yeah, that, that guy does not have any fear. It's craziness, to be perfectly honest. Um, and... Hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he's good to go on Thursday. The Flames don't practice Tuesday. Back at it Wednesday, and then they play Thursday against the Dallas Stars. Uh, this says from Tim, what a game. Boys are exciting to watch lately. How much did Vladar's stock just rise? If I'm Conroy, I'm on the phone tomorrow with anyone who needs a goaltender and fleecing them. All he's got to do is show them the game film from tonight's game. Bam, first-round pick. Now, I know Tim's being facetious, but um, I will say that <laughs> – there's, I've seen a few of those texts like, well, stock's risen. you got to trade him now. NHL general managers don't make trades based on one game. Like, They're not like, oh, you know what? I thought Dan Vladar was worth a fourth-round pick yesterday. Then I saw him play Monday. Now he's worth a second-round pick. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't think one game is going to raise a guy's stock all that much. I don't think it's going to raise it at all. I don't think that you're going to be able to get anything different today than you would have before Vladar started. That being said, hopefully Dan's able to uh, carry this forward because, boy, was he good tonight. Uh, that was uh, that, that was his best game since last season, no doubt. Uh, best game of the year, no doubt. Good on him. Uh, that was a really, really solid performance from Dan Vladar tonight. Uh, this says from Joe. I think Huska deserves a lot of credit for how he's managed ice time this year. A few prime examples tonight. Elevating Greer after his goal, giving Zadorov more minutes after what I thought was his best game since the trade request. I also wouldn't mind giving Vladar a few starts in a row here to see if he can build on tonight and bolster his value. That comes from Joe. Uh, I will say this on, uh, on, on Joe's text. Bang on on Zadorov. I thought Nikita Zadorov had a whale of a game. Weren't any of the blunders that we've seen in his game of late? He played 20 minutes and 40 seconds didn't officially get a shot on net but at four attempts and four hits uh i thought i thought nikita was very good tonight that looked like the zadora from before the trade request when he was playing some really good hockey so a really good night from uh, nikita Zadorov tonight uh also on the vladar front yeah i mean jacob's still the number one team goalie on this team uh ryan huska and jason labarbara are are not interested in raising somebody's stock they're interested in winning games, getting back to 500, getting higher in the playoff race, all that type of stuff. So if Jacob's healthy, if Jacob's good to go, then expect to see him Thursday against the Dallas Stars. Um, what else we got here at 960-960 from Stafford, who was at the game tonight, says, We got Mr. Hyde tonight. Vladar stood on his head. Uyghurs clutch and collectively got close to a 60-minute effort from the rest of the club. Well-deserved victory. Any word on Tanev? Uh, you heard it there from head coach Ryan Huska. He's fine, um, but uh, we don't have any definitive update in terms of whether he'll be good to go come Thursday against the Stars or not. Scotty in Victoria says, First of all, the anticipation for Dustin the e-bug must have been intense in the first half of the game. I counted Vladar getting knocked over three times. Absolutely wild. E-bug was probably uh, freaking out. Vladar had an amazing performance. Otherwise, Flames looked solid against the former Cup champs. I noticed Big Z played a solid game and so happy Uyghur ended it with five seconds left. Uh, they must avoid shootouts at all costs. What's up with the power play, though? Looked all right tonight with a few good looks, but what's the secret sauce to turn this around? That's from Scotty in Victoria. Um... 
I think the big thing is that they they got to get one to go now. Uh, they were a little better in stretches in this game, um, especially the the two five on fours. I thought were a little better. Um, the four on three is different just because it, it's it's a different setup. But uh, they were a little better on the power play. So next up, just keep getting shots, keep moving the puck, see if one finally. Uh, finally one pops through. Uh, this from Seven McKenzie. What a jaw-dropping performance by Vladar. Finest game I've seen him play. Galaxy brain moment by the Flames realizing you can't lose a shootout if you never get to a shootout. And they're in a wild card spot. Um, both of those things are true. This from Tim in Hillhurst. Uh, texting in after this one. 96960 is your text line. Uh, this says, superb game by the Flames tonight, and big props to Vladar for being the best player on the ice. Also impressed with Kadri lately. He's turned the corner. Seems as though the team has moved past having any expectations of Huberdeau and are playing better as a result. Can you imagine having Brady Kachuk on the roster instead of Huberdeau for $2.3 million, uh a year less on the cap? It, it's incredible how bad Huberdeau's contract is for the future of this franchise. I, don't know, I didn't think. I thought Huberdeau actually had a pretty good game tonight. Um, I, I I think his game has um, definitely turned a corner here over the last little bit. I thought Huberdeau was dangerous. Uh, that line was dangerous. I, I actually really haven't had a problem with Huberdeau's game for the last little bit since getting put on that line with. Um, Backlund and Coleman, I think his game's been pretty solid. Uh, this says, Pat, why was overtime four on four? Uh, I missed part of the game. Problem was because it started with a power play, and the power plays are four on three. You don't go three on two, even though it's three on three overtime. You add a man as opposed to subtract a man. So because the power play was four on three and there was no whistle, as soon as the player, as, as soon as the penalty ended, then you're back to four on four, and you don't go to three on three until there's a whistle, and there was no whistle until Weger ended it. So it was actually four on four overtime in this game tonight. Um, this says this Flames team is losing me some sleep, but I'm uh, but with every second uh, loving the complete compete level this year and more fun to watch. Hope the Tanev's okay. That's from Sean in Toronto. Uh, Sophia in Roxborough says great team performance tonight. Not possible. Without the incredible leadership of Backlund behind the scenes and on the ice, are there many other captains in the NHL that could have led their team through this tough patch? Any others that could have taken multiple players under their wing on their line and helped them get their game back? I don't know. Also, huge shout-out to unofficial assistant Blake Coleman. That guy feels like the engine driving this team on the ice almost every night. Promising stuff for the season ahead. I am entertained. That comes from Sophia. Um... This says Pat wanted to know if after tonight you think the market might be better for Vladar. Do you think he'll be traded at the deadline to make room for Wolf, or is that another year away? Uh, I do think that there's still probably a trade that gets made between now and the trade deadline involving a Flames goalie to open up the door for Wolf. And if it's not between now and the trade deadline, it's definitely between now and the start of next season. I I don't know if there's going to be – I don't – one game does not – change the paradigm of a player's value on the market so was Vladar great tonight absolutely awesome game from him and a much needed game from him 
does that mean that all of a sudden now teams are going to be offering substantially more from him if the Flames are trying to move him? Well, no. I will say his save percentage went from 896 to 883 in this game tonight. So that is important, uh, and uh, that's a big bump for him as well. Great stuff so far on the text line at 969-60. Flames win 2-1 in overtime over the Vegas Golden Knights. We are underway on your Flames Talk postgame show. It's Pat Steinberg along with you at 403-240-4444 on the phone lines, 969-60 on the text line, and uh, we're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to the phone lines for the first time tonight and kick it off by saying hello to Brad. What's going on, Brad? Hey, Pat, you keep saying it. It was a fun game. <laughs> it was. I mean, it was. there was not a lot of offense in terms of goals being scored, but I thought it was a, an action-packed game. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, especially against Vegas. Okay, uh, a couple of questions. Why don't the linesmen and refs pick up the broken sticks anymore? They used to, so guys wouldn't get hurt. I don't have an answer for you on that. Okay. And is I'm not sure it's a rule. I know you can't move a stick that a guy has just lost, but can you move the broken sticks? Uh, can you push kind of. those out of the way? If you've got the puck and it's in your way, kind of, but you can't you can't fire it around. <laughs> okay, not into the net. Okay, I got you. Uh, I think it was uh, eighty one or eighty two season. It was a Saturday night game against the Habs when uh, Pat Riggin or Lemelin got hurt, and the broadcasting crew said, "If Mike Vernon is watching this broadcast, could he please report to the Stampede Corral?" So it was like he got thrown to the wolves as well. That's got to be a lot of nerves. I would imagine so. Yeah, I mean, and and imagine being the the backup tonight, Dusty Nickel. Uh, you never played an NHL game before, and you're you're sitting there, and you're like, okay, this is awesome. Like, what a dream come true. And then all of a sudden, Dan Vladar gets hurt. That'd be terrifying. It, it would be there be a little bit of underwear changing, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, Pat, have a good night. You as well, Brad. Have a great night. Appreciate it, man. 403-240-4444 is your phone number as the Flames take a 2-1 overtime win over Vegas on your Flames Talk postgame show. We say hello to George. What's up, George? Not much, Patty. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. That that what I'll just repeat everyone else's sentiment that was a, such a fun game to watch uh especially from a pure entertainment point of point of view it was just fantastic game to watch so a lot of fun to watch that one and you know what <clears throat> i should uh trash talk Vladar more often <laughs> here i am questioning a spot on the roster last call and uh tonight he didn't even know he was going into like real late and he showed up in a huge way easily his best game of the season made unbelievable saves he was the Vladar of you know, a couple of years ago, it was great to watch. Yeah, it was really good tonight and uh, easily their best player. And and they had some other really good performances tonight too. But, yeah, Vladar, Vladar was great. They did. Um, on Connor Zeri, I know he got the point tonight, but do you do you think he's still uh, battling an injury there? Like, what do you think's going on there? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, in that event, if he's not 100%, I don't understand why they don't sit him to let him recuperate. I mean, it's – you could, you got a player sitting there scratched right now. You could call up someone from the Wranglers, like because I think, I mean, I, I think, 
I think that he's still bringing enough to the table that you don't need to. Like, it's, it's not – is he at 100%? Maybe not. But he's still he's still one of their more offensively creative guys. I mean, he picked up a point tonight. And I, I still think with, with what he's brought to the lineup, I still think you want a guy who is pretty close to point per game in his NHL career. He's now uh, 10 points in 12 career games. I, I, I can understand why they might let him play through something that isn't going to uh, – like it, there's no risk of him hurting himself further. So I, I, I get it. I get it. Okay, and that was my concern, right? I don't want him to further aggravate something or get hurt worse. That That's why it has zero to do with his play. I mean, he is one of the most important players on this team right now. Like, that, those are just facts. So that's my concern. It's like, something's going on with this guy. Let him heal up, you know? But but if it's something he can't aggravate further, that's a different story. I, I, I didn't know one way or the other, and that's why I asked that question. And, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm no uh, medical doctor myself, so I, I don't know for sure. But uh, typically, you're not going to play if there's a, a risk of you doing more damage to yourself. Unless unless it's the Stanley Cup playoffs and then all that stuff goes out the window. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. AJ Greer is easily my favorite interview on this team. That's, oh, yeah, he's um, awesome. I, honestly, I mean, I know you you can't. You know, it's, it doesn't make sense to do so. But I can literally listen to this guy after every game, win or lose. Like, he's just unbelievable. Such a such a positive person, such a great speaker, such an intelligent human being, uh, has such a good mind for the sport of hockey. Just awesome. I'll say it again. Like, Mr. Will said it, too. We got this guy for nothing. We got him off a of waiver claim. And he has been, you know, he's been quite an impact player on this team. I mean, he's straight up taking Walker Dewar's spot. Now, a lot of that also has to do with Walker Dewar not being anything near what he was last year, but that's how it goes in hockey in the NHL, right? So good on AJ Greer. Yep. And then I'll, I'll close out with this one. You know, I, I've been pretty outspoken about how much of a fan I am of Zadorov and stuff like that, and he did have a good game tonight. Uh, it was one of his better games, but, you know, ever since the public trade request, he hasn't been very good at all. So hopefully tonight is a turning point for him and he can start getting it together and playing more like Zadorov before that because – I will agree. I mean, he's he's taken a couple a couple steps down since that trade request. You know, he hasn't been himself. He's been making way more mistakes. So that's good to see. So hopefully, he can keep keep it that way because as long as he's a Calgary Flame, you know, you need everybody pitching in to help you do what you can. Well, and you also want him to be playing some decent enough hockey so that his trade value is somewhat like you, you don't want you don't want it tanking his trade value either right 100 percent, and that goes with all the ufas every one of them really you know sure but this one's a little different just because it's a very public request like you know the other ones we don't know what's going to happen with and we don't know if they're going to stay or go we know that nikita zadorov has publicly asked for a trade or his agent has publicly asked for a trade so that one's a little bit different but yeah i mean for sure it's it's good to have everybody playing well in that respect. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, my friend, thank you so much for having me on. I hope you have a great night. Okay, George, be well, man. Appreciate it. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Following a Flames uh, 2-1 overtime win over the Vegas Golden Knights with Will up next. What's going on, Will? Hey, Patty. What's up? Uh, anyhow, um, hopefully the person having to pick the save of the game is uh, getting paid well tonight because 
Um, I don't know which one was better than the other. Uh, Bladar was awesome. Yeah, it was really good tonight. And uh, on top of that, I'm, I'm glad that uh, Tanev is okay. He could have so taken that right in the neck, dude. Yeah, that was uh, that was scary to see. Um, I'm I'm glad that he's okay, man. I, I I get it. This dude is absolutely straight up fearless, and uh, that that like he is wired unlike any other human being, honestly, I've ever uh, seen in this league in a lot of ways. With his ability to, and not just ability, but his willingness to do some of these things. Uh, so I was I was a little scared when I saw that, no doubt. But I'm glad he's okay. And and I don't know, like we know he's okay and that he's going to be fine. We'll see if he has to miss any time. I have no idea. They don't practice tomorrow, so we won't know maybe until Wednesday at the earliest. But um, knowing him, he probably won't miss any time. Well, I was worried about him as soon as I seen that play and the way he go, he went down, and he's not a guy to lay there. And no, and when you see when God, you see I Chris I didn't hit him in the neck. Yeah, when you see Chris leave the ice as quickly as he did, you know that there was something um, not so great that happened. Yeah. That guy is not a guy to lay on the ice. No. When he didn't lay on the ice, he left immediately. Um, I guess he did lay on the ice for a little bit. but The he, way he went down it was just, it was unlike him. Yes, absolutely. So I knew there was absolutely. a problem. I'm going, I hope that didn't hit him in the neck. But sounds like he's oh, he he's okay, so that's good news. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it was a really good game. I I'd, I'd like to see more from Dylan Dubé. I really would. I haven't found him great. Still happy with him, but I would like to see a little more. I expect a little bit more. And Ruzika, he's been uh, a little disappointing. Yeah, on the uh, on the Dubé front, um, it's it's been a weird season for Dylan. I, I kind of feel for him. Um, he's, Me too. It's 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 been tough for him to find uh, a spot, and part of that's on the player always. Um, it's, it's always like there's there's always responsibility on the player for if you're if you're not, you know. Um, solidifying a spot on a roster that there's always responsibility on, on the player. And, and I, I, Dylan's not the type of guy to ever make uh, to, to make excuses. Um, but I also, you know, I, sometimes I, I think his ability to play as many positions as he does and, and to be versatile, I think sometimes I don't want to say it hurts him, but sometimes it, it feels like, he he's a guy that gets juggled around a little bit more because he is able to play all three forward positions, and so I, I think sometimes that's something that he necessarily can't control and can sometimes work against him. So I I, I do think there's still a pretty good player in Dylan Dubé. I mean, he had a really good year last year, last three seasons. He set new career highs in points. Um, this year, obviously, it's been a little bit slower. Uh, and part of that, absolutely, uh, responsibility on him. And, and part of it, I think, is is just the the way that the forward lines have, have kind of gone this year. It's been tough for him to find a uh, permanent spot on a pairing or on a line this year. 
Understandable. I can understand that. If he's being shuffled around, especially in terms of positions, it can make things a little bit tough because you don't have um, really a routine. And again, I think that that is potentially part of it. But I also think that Dylan would be the first one to say that, you know, it's it's okay, yeah, maybe. But he also is is a guy that does not make excuses. And um, so I, I think that there uh, is – I'm sure he would be the first to say that he needs to be a little bit more impactful offensively as well. Yeah, for sure. Love the guy, though. I do. But i got to have somebody to pick on tonight, right? Can you guess who it is? Oh, who are you going to pick on tonight? Uh, Rizichka? No. Uh, it's Pat Steinberg. <laughs> okay, well, okay, you can pick on me. I'm used to that. Um, anyhow, buddy, I've been following your podcast. Yeah. And I've seen one come up today, and it says, how can the Flames fix this power play? Uh-huh. And it's dated Monday, November 27th. I've heard that one before, so it's not new. What do you mean? Well, I swear I've heard that one before. Oh, I see um, what you're. I see what you're yeah. saying. I see. I'm just not very smart, so sometimes jokes <laughs> go over my head. I got what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a little better tonight, at least. Well, it was a, a slightly better power play tonight. Okay. Um, but I actually wasn't joking. I did hear that podcast before. So um, that's not from today. Uh, I'm pretty sure it is. But I'll go, I'll go check on that and see if it's uh, uh, Because I'm sure it was a little bit after the Nashville game I heard that one. I'll, go, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll take a deep, deep dive on it. All right. All right, Very well, on that. <laughs> it's all good. Have a good night. But, hey, brother, I am following you all the time now on your podcast. I'm listening to everything so because uh, I don't have uh, enough time to follow the Calgary Flames and uh, the AHL club for the Flames. So, so yeah, now, now you're my new uh, extra time effort. Well, I'm I'm glad you're listening and uh, keep listening, man. I gotta move on. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Right, well, brother. see you, buddy. All right, take care. Uh, you too. Four zero three two four zero forty four forty four is your phone number. Following a Flames two one overtime win over the Vegas Golden Knights. Say hello to Ryan. What's going on, Ryan? Hi, Pat. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing really well. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. I had a list here, but uh, it's just. Uh, Oh, well, I just thought uh, on a night when we're praising Nikita, which should be every night, because honestly, even in Colorado, I thought that there were some times when the Flames were having trouble offensively, and he's just like, screw it, I'll do it myself. And he just goes on these long, like pretty impressive, maneuverable drives down the ice. I don't think he's been horrendous. Like, he's going to have turnovers here and there, but I don't think he's ever been, like, not engaged in any game. No, I don't think that, I don't think there's ever any worry about him um, lacking engagement ever. Uh, I think sometimes, I think sometimes uh, he uh, is prone to some 
blunders uh, and and some bad defensive reads, perhaps. But I know I've never had an issue with Nikita's engagement. That's for sure. Absolutely. I just I've just been impressed that that didn't drop off, and I assume that. Uh, I know you have to fill a long time. I didn't understand what uh, the last caller was saying either regarding whether or not the. Uh, no, I the well, Google well, podcast. Yeah, I have this refreshing the episodes. You know, I thought he was just saying that you you have to fill three hours worth of talking, and um, subsequently you haven't had a lot to talk about. Kind of run out of subjects. That can so, happen sometimes. Yes, indeed. Um, I also want to say that Noah Hannafin had a um, 27 minutes ice time tonight and was plus two leading the team. So, okay. Sorry. Ryan, what is happening in your background? I understand. I'm sorry. Hold on. It's not like George, at least. No. It's... Okay. You, someone said, hey, Google, or something. And then oh, Google okay. started going off. I apologize. Okay. All good. Okay. So, anyhow, Noah. Um, yeah, I had a good game tonight. Yes, very much so. And uh, the whole team did. But I have heard your take recently on pretty much the vast majority of the uh, UFAs being, you know, down through a, a duck and uh, a pick. And I, I disagree entirely. So you 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 kind of you kind of Ryan, you're going in and out. So I what what I didn't hear part of what you said there. Ryan, are you still there? Yeah, is it not not good? Well, you're kind of fading in and out. I can't. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be it's Washington State or something's in the way. I'll try another time. Well, you're fine right now. All right, let's see. I was saying that I think we should hang on to all that we can. It's a really unpopular night to say this, but I was thinking all we can of would be the one I would let go, and for no other reason only that he gets injured often. Um, I think that Noah and possible Nikita still and Elias still be signed. I was wondering. Why do you think necessarily like a guy like Yegor has the scoring potential that we need, whether it be for the shootouts that you love? So what are you are you so you're asking what? Well, why don't you think that all the players we have now should be retained? Well, because they're a below five hundred team, uh and are they still? They are. Uh and because as of right now, I don't I don't see um, – here's, here's what I would say to you. They didn't sign him in the offseason, and – I've heard this argument here. Do you want to hear my argument? I've I heard your, this, this argument about they didn't do it earlier, so – They didn't yeah. sign him in the offseason. Now they they're, – they're, in my eyes, I don't see them being right now a Stanley Cup contender, and I don't think that – this group is necessarily going to be a Stanley Cup contender as constructed. I think they have some decent pieces, but I think that the opportunity to move some players pragmatically and bring back some really high-end assets, future assets, to set you up for the future makes more sense for this organization long-term. Absolutely. 
And I do like the way that Greg's been not only working with the Wrangler players, but all the young call-ups have been playing well, but also um, it like A.J. Greer picking him up off waivers. He's performed so well. So I do trust that the assets that would be acquired would turn out to be good ones. I think they definitely. I think you'd get some really good assets for sure. Wouldn't be any James Mills or anything. No Neil. Anyway, Ryan, we got to move on because your, your phone is just. We we need to look into your phone. I bought it. It's really bad phone. Yeah, I'll look into it. Good night, Ben. Bye, Ryan. Uh, like I, I wanted to. I, he wanted to have a conversation, so I wanted to entertain him. But then all of a sudden, it sounds like he's. And then he's talking like this, and then he's talking like this. So you know he. Probably was time to move on from that call. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, call back anytime, as you know. Uh, one more call before we go back inside the Flames locker room. Let's hear from Anand. What's going on, Anand? Good evening, buddy. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, fantastic uh, game tonight. Uh, where should we start? Maybe we'll start up all the way at the beginning at uh, 5.30 p.m. where... Uh, we got the announcement that Dustin uh, Nickel is coming. So one funny thing with that, uh, first of all, congratulations to him getting called up on a big game against the defending champions, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, so actually one of my friends texted in a group chat we have saying, oh, Dustin Nickel got called up. So I was asking, are you sure that's not an autocorrect because I haven't heard that name before. And I asked him if it's Dustin Wool, but he was like, no, it was Dustin Nickel, and then I had to do some Google searching, and then it came to light. He was a great uh, goaltender for the Canucks and Mount Royal as well. So, a uh, big congratulations! And he wasn't—he wasn't—he wasn't called up. Um, he was just signed to a one-day amateur tryout. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thanks for correcting me on that. Uh, yeah. Second one. Uh, amazing performance. I think uh, the Flames boys stuck out and uh, played almost more than 60 minutes, even in the overtime. Uh, how they carried the momentum through. I just have one question. I know we uh, talked earlier about Dubé. How do you think he played tonight? I thought he was. I thought he was okay tonight. Played with a lot of speed. Played with a lot of pace. I, uh, I I thought that he he definitely was skating. And in a game against this Golden Knights team, with how they forecheck and how they pressure and how they uh, attempt to take away time and space, you need that. So um, yeah, I, I thought that he was really skating tonight. And uh, I, I I didn't I didn't mind Dylan tonight. Thought he was uh, thought he was just fine. Um, and when he was put on that line with. Uh, Greer and Kadri thought he was pretty good there. Uh, he was one of the guys that that got his ice time bumped a little bit when some other guys uh, took a seat. So I thought I thought he was okay tonight. And what about Jonathan Hubert? I know at the beginning he struggled, but then he got a couple shots in later in the game, right as well. Yeah, I thought I thought that line was good. I thought Huberto was fine. Uh, I thought he had a good game too. All right, perfect. And uh, what are your expectations if Mark Strom gets better? Uh, do we think we see Mark Strom for a start on Thursday, or would it be Bladder, or can we see maybe Wolf getting called up? What do you think? No, I, I think they'd go right back to Markstrom. If, he, if he's if he's good, Markstrom was supposed to start tonight. Um, you've got another really good team coming in here on, on Thursday. Uh, yeah. Markstrom's the one. So if Markstrom's healthy, uh, I think he's the guy on Thursday. All right, sounds good, Patty. And I also took your advice for the interview questions. I didn't go into much with preparation. I just uh, went it on the spot and asked questions that were relevant. 
So thank you for your help and appreciate it. Hey, I'm glad it went well, buddy. All right. Have a good uh, one. Talk to you on Thursday. Have okay. a good night. See you, buddy. Uh, full lines remain open. Thanks to Anand. Uh, full lines remain open. couple of lines open right now if you want to chat at 403-240-4444. Text line remains open at 960-960 as well if you want to chat that way. Flames win 2-1 in overtime over the Vegas Golden Knights on this Monday night. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll definitely get to you. Still have a chance to jump in on the phone lines as well, but let's hear from uh, the guy who, you know what, let's hear from the guy who scored the game-winning goal, first of all. Mackenzie Weaker scores the overtime winner with less than five seconds to go in the extra frame. Here's Mackenzie Weaker post-game inside the Flames locker room. Yeah, I have that right. Were you pretty close to being out of gas there? Oh, yeah. I was, that was all I had left. There was probably no back check there. I'm glad. That, um, you know, I left it all out there. Saw an opening. Um, you know, I got up the ice as fast as I could. And that's sort of how it's been going for me this year. Were you conscious of the clock at all? Not really. Uh, you know, that's what I, I don't think I had much in the back checking department if I missed that wide or there was more time on that clock. So get it on net and good things happen. How does it feel beating the Rangers okay, Stanley well, Cup champions a little bit if it's a multi with not knowing your goalie was going to be as well? How, how that yeah, I mean, you, you always get up for these challenges in these games. You got the Stanley Cup champions coming in, but I thought it was it was more more about us tonight. It's been kind of like that way for us this year. and um, You know, obviously... You want to play your best every given night. You know, there's there's a lot of um, stuff about this team. You know, being the reigning champs. But like you said at the end there, end of your question, I thought Danny Danny Boy stepped up there big, and uh, he he really bailed us out a few times there. What, what was that like in the room when just when the uncertainty was starting to just unfold just after five, and knowing that Markstrom was going to go home, go and then this guy comes in as a backup. What yeah. was that moment like? If you could take us through a little bit of it. Yeah, obviously you don't like seeing Marky, you know, have an illness, but we got all the faith in uh, in Danny. Um, he's been great for us the past couple of years, or since I've been here, he's been awesome for us. So in that kind of in that part of it, we weren't too worried because we have a great second second goalie to come in there. But you know, the morale goes up when you see Dusty come in, and you know, the smiles the smiles get picked up, and you're making it a special night for him. And um, you know, it was close close call there uh, in the first I think first shift there. Um, you know, I looked over at him, I I saw there was a little glimmer of hope there. Maybe he get a shot, but um, maybe the nerves were coming in. But um, you know what? This uh, I think this night belongs to Dan. He he was he was awesome. For us. Was it the same feeling when you ran into Dan in the second period, or no? Yeah, I, I when I saw myself going down, I, I immediately saw, thought of Dusty again. Um, <laughs> but you know, I you know, I looked at Dan. He said he was all right. He's been he was battling. He was in the zone. He was so focused. Uh, I don't even think he acknowledged me. So that was kind of where his mentality was at t- tonight. Is that your favorite goal as a flame so far? Oh, absolutely. I, I've never. I don't. I don't have an overtime goal. It comes at the right time against a great team. Uh, you know, a six-game homestand. Um, there was a lot of things that go- went into that goal, but um, you know, that's exciting. That's fun. You know, that's the true C I read that I that I heard back there. What's, uh, what did you do well defensively to limit the the Golden Knights to just one goal? Yeah, I thought obviously Dan. Um, you know, he bailed me out in the third there, um, but I, you know. He was seeing a lot of shots. I thought we did a good job boxing out, but I think there's still another level we can take with, you know, the grade A chances. Um, we can still limit those, but, you know, that's a great hockey team on the other side. They're, you know, it's, it's tough to limit those chances, but, um, you know, we did the job tonight. We, we, we only let them have one, so that's a great job. What are we learning about this team? That's three pretty good efforts against three world-class teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think, 
you're seeing a team that uh, you know is blocking out a lot of the the stuff you know outside of this rink and outside of this team. You're seeing you know everybody step up. Uh, you know we got depth going up and down the lineup, um, and a team that doesn't give up. You know this team during when we face adversity, we step up and we, we take it on. And we've done a great job. You know come, getting these comeback wins against great hockey teams. Yeah, you know I think there's nights where we want to play with the lead. But right now, we're, we're going to take these two points. It's hard to win this league, and we're, we're going to take these. When, when things start going your way like they are now the last few games, last heck, the last month, is it easier for you guys to block out the outside noise? Yeah, absolutely. I think right now it's kind of been the up and down. We want to you know, build off this win. Um, but it's, it's, it's always been easy to block out the noise. You know, There's been some distractions here and there, but we don't, we don't pay attention to that stuff. This is a great, great room we have with great, great guys, um, and we want to win for each other. And, um, you know, whatever they want to say out there, you know, we want to prove them wrong. Every year is different. Every team's different. I get that. But last year, I don't think you guys overturned a third-period deficit until, mm-hmm. like, April 1st. Um, yeah. What's it say about this year's group that you guys are doing it with some yeah. regularity? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, um, I'm not sure why we couldn't get some some of those last year. Maybe a little bit of puck luck, or um, you know, maybe not having that adversity and, and battling through that adversity like we do this year. But maybe we've learned from it as well. Um, you know, maybe we got a little bit more more in the system. And, and make, you know, Husk has done a great job, and um, you know, our goalies have done. You know, Marky and Vladdy have been great for us as well. And like I said, you know, we've gotten depth and we've gotten scoring from everybody up and down the lineup. So I think that helps a lot. Overtime's been was an issue for you guys last year, and now you guys are two and zero. Start the year in overtime. Mm-hmm. How does that feel? Ah, you know, it feels great. Um, you know, I think that's a big thing for us. Obviously, in the summertime, when we saw how many losses that we had uh, in overtime last year, and we could easily been in the playoffs. So we we don't take uh, overtime lightly. I think we're playing with a little bit more confidence, a little bit more swag out there. We're not sort of sitting back. We're attacking uh, this year, and, and it's it's done us well so far. I have not, um, but I did get word that he's doing okay. And, um, you know, I th- that's just, you know, he's he's unbelievable warrior, and um, that's that's what it takes to win. But you don't like seeing that happen. And, uh, I'm sure he's going to be okay. He's a true warrior. There you go, Mackenzie Weger, your overtime winner tonight as the Flames take a 2-1 overtime win over the Vegas Golden Knights. As uh, we continue along in your Flames Talk postgame show, let's select tonight's player with heart. Brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. A few different ways I wanted to go on this one, but I'm eventually going to go on uh, Nazem Kadri. I thought Kadri had a hell of a hockey game. Picks up the primary assist on the game-tying goal. He led the team with six shots on goal tonight, had 11 shot attempts, led the team with four scoring chances, and led the team with three high-danger scoring chances. Really thought Kadri's game uh, got better as the night went along, and Nazem Kadri's been one of the best players on this team now for the last month or so. month of November has been a really strong month for Nazem and he played really well tonight I'm going to go with Kadri as our player with heart tonight player with heart brought to you by HeartFit Clinic for heart fit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office visit heartfit.ca let's go back inside the Flames locker room for a final time tonight and let's hear from the guy who uh, found out like less than two hours before the game that he's starting Dan Vladar made 25 on 26 and it's probably Calgary's best player in this game tonight. Let's hear from Dan Vladar post-game inside the Flames locker room. What time did you find out that you were playing tonight? Uh, around 5.30, you know, I got to the rink and, uh, you know, uh, Goiko Farps texted me, um, 
you know, probably like, in, like around 4.45, just saying, Marky's not feeling well, just, you know, keep your head on. And then I got in and got the call, basically saw Marky, so just hope he's feeling better. We always hear that you guys get ready the same way, whether you're starting or backing up, but... I mean, tonight would have tested that. Did you have to do it? 100%. I mean, if you play two years for Daryl, you just got to be ready for every single game. So. <laughs> <laughs> how did you feel out there? It seemed like you were making a lot of great saves and you were in the zone. Could you describe how you felt you played out there? Tonight? Um, obviously, it wasn't the plan, so I got pretty bad this morning. I was out there for like hour 20. So, you know, uh, as soon as I got in, I'm like, I could just. I thought it's a joke to the national <laughs> anthem. And then, you know, I was just... Trying to, you know, uh, give our team a chance to win like I'm trying to do every single game and uh, obviously turn out to probably be my best game this season. Considering that you had a, a pretty inexperienced guy backing you up, what, what go, goes through your mind when Carrier crashes into you early in the game? Uh, not much. Hanny told me first thing right away. He was like, you got to play. You got to eat back on the bench. So I'm um, <laughs> great for, great for uh, Dusty. He's been practicing with us. He's an awesome guy and uh, I'm pretty sure he enjoyed every second out there. And uh, um, you know, he deserves it for sure because uh, he, uh, I think he torn his groin last year doing practice with us. So uh, he went through some stuff as well. So uh, I, I just hope he enjoyed it. And uh, the crowd was un unbelievable tonight. And uh, the guys were playing playing uh, really hard in front of me as well. You had a few close calls in, in that there. You had one instance where someone knocked your helmet off. You had Uyghur also drive into you as well. What was that go going through all that adversity on top of trying to play well in that Um Felt felt like a football player out there. A bit, but, you know, obviously, it gets you it gets you going a little bit too when you get uh, in some contact as well. And but as I said, you know, we were uh, we were uh, just getting. It's not not easy coming back from a long, long road trip, especially playing against the Stanley Cup champions. But I think the guys were doing an awesome job. Like I didn't have have to make any 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 rebound saves. Like they were just cleaning pucks in front of me and boxing all as well. So. I think we deserve to win today. Fans, media, like everyone loves a knee bug. Do you guys love, is it cool for you guys to see the guy like that get this opportunity? Um, I mean, I love Dusty, but as a goalie, uh, you you appreciate when you have your partner on the bench. But as I said, uh, he's a great guy and he deserves it for sure. So I'm super pumped for him as well. It was a McKenzie that lost the puck at the blue line in the third and you bailed him out with that breakaway save. Are you guys even after he got got the uh, overtime goal for yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, he's getting chirped all the time that he's got a muffin, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I think he's got a great shot, so he just proved it there. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, to be honest, like I was just getting ready for a shootout, but, you know, then, then he just sniped. So super pumped for him, and he deserves it because he's a, he's a superstar, right? So. There you go. There is Dan Vladar post game. You're a winning goaltender in our final trip inside the Flames locker room on this Monday night. The Flames two and the Golden Knights one in overtime. It's Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post game show on this Monday night. It's time to look ahead. Looking ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. Um, okay, next up for the Flames, they are at home to Dallas to continue this six-game homestand. Game two of this homestand is Thursday night against the Stars. Seven o'clock face-off here on Sportsnet 960, the fan, and on Sportsnet 1. Uh, Flames 1-1 one one against Dallas this year. Uh, this is the third and final meeting on Thursday. Uh, Flames had a 4-3 loss at the Dome here on November 1st, and then a few nights ago in Dallas, they won 7-4, but 
Flames have owned this regular season matchup over the last number of years, dating back to the start of the 2019-20 season. Flames are 7-2-2 in their last 11 head-to-head matches with the Stars, so they'll try to continue that on Thursday night. So that's next up for the Flames. Then Saturday, Flames at home to Vancouver. Next Tuesday, it's the Flames at home to Minnesota. They are in the midst of their six-game homestand, tied for the longest homestand of the season. There you go. That's looking ahead. Brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. Fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. Okay, back to the text line we go at 960-960. this comes from Ash, who says, I disagree that Hill was just as good as Vladar. I thought the OT winner was a softy. Ironic that Uyghur ends up being the hero considering his brutal third-period blue line gaffe. Finally, I personally admire Sharon Govich's effort during interviews despite his language barrier. It's a stark contrast to Ruzichka's seemingly aloof one-line interview responses. Speaking of Ruzichka, what a surprise. Benched again due to his inconsistency. I would 100% package him in any trade involving the U.S. FAs. Sorry, Jennifer. That's Ash, who's clearly a, well, Ash is a regular listener. I know that, uh, but dialed because he even mentioned Jennifer, who's the big Ruzichka fan. Um, on the front of the interviews, I, 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 I don't, could you make the case aloof with Adam? Maybe. I never criticize guys who aren't the biggest fans of interviews because some guys just aren't comfortable with it. And B, if you're doing it in your second language, I'm, I'm sorry. Like I just, it's, it's never my thing to uh, criticize of a guy, especially if he's doing it in his second language. Some people just aren't comfortable with it. Some people aren't meant to be in front of, not meant to be is the wrong word, but uh, some people just aren't comfortable being in front of microphones. So I, I, I don't, I, I definitely never hold that against them myself. Um, and I think that, you know, everybody's a little bit different in terms of how they uh, go about dealing with media. It's not an easy thing to do all the time. This from Dylan, the overthinker, Dylan and Revelstoke. Uh, that was how he signed it. Uh, Weegsy, baby. It's about time Vladar had a good game. Hopefully he can build off it and raise his trade value. I'm so worried about this UFA situation. Asset management needs to be number one. Have a great night, Pat. Dylan, all you can do is let the thing play out. I mean, nothing that you, you, nothing worrying about it or worrying that Murray's going to call Craig Conroy and tell him to now sign everybody. You've got no control over it. It's still only 22 games into the season. They're a quarter of the way through. Um, I think Craig Conroy's got a pretty good handle on how he wants to play this thing out. So don't worry about it, Dylan. Uh, Ella from Okotoke says, Kadri brought notable energy tonight no matter who he was playing with. Vladar was an absolute wall, completely dialed in. I don't think I've ever felt so much confidence in him until tonight. Uyghur was a hero and the goal was earned well. Boys look sharp and dynamic and I hope they can keep it going. This one from Eddie. Uh, that was the best game of the year. Uyghur made up for his mistake with that end-to-end play. I'm happy that Huska sat Ruzichka. He looked like the slowest player out there. Why was Zeri sat? Vladar was a champ. Kadri was amazing. I'm proud to wear his jersey of late. Hope Tanev is okay. Um, I just think that, you know, Zeri got his ice time cut a little bit as the game went along, third period especially. Just You know, sometimes if a guy's not 
if the legs aren't going or something like that. I, I didn't feel like Zary had a particularly poor game, but I didn't think that he was popping either. And you know, Greer was going. Dubé was playing with speed. I think that would probably be why. I don't think it was a straight-up benching. But when you're in a one-goal game in a third period against a really good team, sometimes you do shorten your bench a little bit. And I think that's what went into it more so than punishing or anything like that. Um Javier says, uh, consistency. Let's get this level of effort for the rest of the year. One game at a time. Back in the day, they used to have a hard hat. They need a Superman cape now. Vladar was phenomenal tonight. He deserves the superhero of the game. Played his moneymaker off. Overall, they played like we knew they could. Keep it up, and let's leave the Oilers in the basement. Uh, This says... Something's really troubling me, and I really want your opinion. So after the superstar performance by Vladar, I can only think about Wolf. The Flames now have two solid goalies and a superstar in Wolf. How are they going to bring Wolf up now after that performance by Vladar? If Vladar keeps performing like this, then Wolf will never get a chance, and he deserves it for everything he's done. What are the Flames going to do now with three tremendous goalies? Well, this is Vladar's best game of the year. A, you know, he was not as good Saturday against Colorado, for instance, and I'm not trying to throw shade Vladar's way at all. All I'm saying is that this game has no impact on what's going to happen long-term with Dustin Wolf. The Flames are still, I believe, fully committed in getting Wolf into the mix at some point between now and the start of next season. So they're going to, I, I believe, the Flames will be moving one of Vladar or Markstrom most likely Vladar as it stands right now. I think that they will move one. And then again, between now and the beginning of next season, Dustin Wolf will be one of the NHL regulars on this team. So I don't think you need to worry too much about it, uh, even though Vladar played as well as he did. And Vladar deserves all the accolades he's getting because he was uh, phenomenal tonight. Uh, This says, speaking of which, from Sam, phenomenal game by Vladar. This team continues to find ways to stay in the game and pull out points. I wonder how excited and nervous the e-bug was after Dan was run over so early in the game. So my question for tonight, is there anyone on the Wranglers currently that's driving their power play or producing at a high level on the man advantage to help break this power play funk funk the Flames are in? Matt Coronado and Adam Klapka would be the two that I would point to um, first and foremost. Klapka's really good as that net front guy. And Coronado, as we know, has got that shot. Matt Coronado's well over a point per game now since being sent to the American League. He is, after his weekend where I think he had four points in two games, he's up to 15 points in 12 games. Seven goals, 15 points in 12 games for Matt Coronado since being sent down there. Um, This says... Uh, Pat, we have to figure out what's going on with Ruzicka. Can we talk about how Greer's been for us? He's been superb. Super glad they got Uyghur in the Kachuk trade. Despite some slip-ups, he's been one of the most consistent D for the past two seasons. The good thing about Uyghur, too, is that you always know you're going to get that effort from him. As for Greer, he's been great. As for Ruzicka, yeah, the consistency thing continues to really plague him. Um, this says, why didn't Vegas challenge for offside on the overtime winning goal? Does it make a difference if the players pushed offside? Anyways, hard fought win, thought they battled well, and Vladar was amazing. Um, you could see Bruce Cassidy looking, but they've got their video coach and their goaltending coach upstairs looking at stuff. They would have videoed down. They would have said, or they, they would have radioed down. I mean, like, yeah, challenge that. Um, and you know, would it have made much of a difference if uh, they ended up um, challenging it? I don't think it would have gotten overturned based on the angles I saw. And so if you think that it's 
probably onside. There's probably no point in challenging it if you're them. Um, so they they would have looked at it. They were definitely looking at it. So that that would be um, my answer to that. Uh, this from Neil in the Northeast. Good effort and excellent goaltending. I'm impressed with Fladar's ability to battle and be engaged so well with such little time to prepare. A lot of engaged players. I'm wondering if this string of tough opponents might be a good thing. This team has a history of playing up to competition, although it isn't always enough to get the victory. Goaltending is the most pivotal position for this team. They need to see more of what we saw from Vladar tonight. Um... Pending certain extension talks and timing, do you think a one-for-one trade line A for Lindholm is possible? I don't think so. Also, I don't know. I I don't think that would be the move the Flames should make. Uh, If I'm the Flames and I'm trading Lindholm, um, I absolutely am looking for futures, not, not, not... that type of player. A young NHLer is 22, 23 years old. Sure, Patrick Laine, I don't think that, especially with where he has, is in his career and what he is at this point, I think we kind of know that he's a you know, somewhat one-dimensional player, a little bit older now. He turns uh, 26 in April. That would not be the type of player I'd be looking back, uh, looking to get back from in a, in a Lindholm trade. Uh, this from Duggan. Canmore, Pat. They have to start looking seriously at Vladar getting half the starts. Seems like Jacob plays, plays better when he's being pressured by competition. Love the grit and fight back. Finally getting some luck in overtime. Doug, I, I disagree. Um, Jacob's been quite strong this year. Vladar was an 869 save percentage before this game tonight. Vladar was great tonight. Not trying to take anything away from him. All I'm saying is that I don't think it, this should all of a sudden mean that Vladar gets half the games. Um... This from Ross in Calgary. So happy for A.J. Greer tonight. He's definitely an unsung hero, a very consistent fourth liner, now has four goals on the season. What makes him special, though, is his toughness. He challenged Carrier tonight to fight after running Vladar, and I thought that's what set the tone for the rest of the game. Team was energized by that challenge. He's a keeper. Vladar had his best game as a flame tonight, stole the show from Hill. Team played so well in front of him. It's like the team forgot that this was the first game back after a road trip. Well done. Big congrats on a great effort and outcome tonight. A few more texts at 969.60. This says, great effort by the boys. Loved Uyghur's game. Other than the turnover, he was all over it. Thought Pospisil and Dubé really struggled. Going to need some more from the bottom six going forward if they want to claw back in this thing. Josh writes, just want to say congrats to my longtime friend Dusty Nichols on the e-bug signing. Was my goalie a few years growing up and also played against him in junior. Very proud and to think he almost stopped before going to Mount Royal. Just goes to show that you should always stick with it would have loved to see him get a few shots that comes from josh um what else we got here on the text line at 969 60 um pat you can't use a coach's challenge in the final minute of ot those reviews come directly from the league so there you go that was definitely in the final minute so that would absolutely explain it thank you sir or ma'am um This says, Flames are giving me Hartley-era Flames vibes. Fast, lots of determination. Seem that they can always come back from any deficit, but because they want to transition from defense to offense in an instant, uh, causes game-costing mistakes. I keep saying trade Markey, give him the opportunity to win on a contending team, get prospects and picks, play Vladar and Wolf as the backup. 
Um, and uh, there you go. There you go at uh, 960-960 on the text line. If I missed your text, I apologize. A lot of them tonight wanted to get in as many as we possibly could. Let's get to the phone lines now at 403-240-4444 following a Flames 2-1 overtime win over the Vegas Golden Knights as we say hello to Mark. What's going on, Mark? Not too much. Thanks for taking my call, Pat. No problem. Um, it feels like the team likes playing hockey again. They they just seem like they're having some fun. And uh, I think I heard, I think it was Eric Francis who said, you know, last season they didn't have fun when they lost, which is explainable, totally fair. But they also didn't seem to be having fun when they were winning. And I think um, this team seems to be, regardless of the results, the process is strong, and I think they're seeing that and uh, the efforts there. And I think that will – that's one of those things that, especially with the state, you know, of the flux, the flux of the organization, the only thing you control is your efforts. And I think they've, they've been really working hard. And, and I think that's what the fans – you see, like, the fans this year a lot. They seem like they're in a different mood from my listening of the, on the calls um, to where we were last year. Well, you know, it was a grind to watch the Flames play, let alone be one of the Flames playing. That playing. Yeah. Um, so I think um, it's really great to see them, see them really um, enjoy the game um, and feel like they, you know, they, they are never truly out of it. Um, and I think it's really easy. Like, if you're, uh, I, I don't, I'm not a hockey player and I'm, definitely not making millions of dollars but i would think um it, you can get when you're you're kind of expected to fail it can lead to some complacency um where the team is kind of you know it, you're getting your paycheck um win or lose and if you're expected to lose it's okay right you don't want that mentality to really ever take hold and i think with the team i think it's really good to get the young guys to to feel like they are part of winning and want to do more of it. Um, so I'm really excited to see where this goes. I think, Patty, I think when you say that um, the idea of, you know, moving some of the free agents and still make the playoffs, it might, you know, it may not happen to make the playoffs if you move, if you move the, you know, the, the, yeah. big, the, Lynn, the, the Hannafin, but I think the effort will still remain. And I think that, that, that's all you can ask for. And I think that's something you can build upon for the next few years. Um, and we may not get the number one draft pick, um, but that's, that would be a lot of work to get there. You know, we're actually be a, we'll have to be, try really hard to be bad to get first, first pick overall or get really lucky in the lottery. So I think in the end, enjoy the wins. And when you do lose, find the find the the positives because I think there's a lot more positives this year in our losses than sometimes even in our wins last year. So I think, you know, it's good. It's been fun to watch them really kind of get back their smile on the ice. And I think it's starting to, it's starting to pay off. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that's all fair. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and it was great. Vladdy is, uh, was a star out there tonight. And I think, I think it was it Megan who said, uh, you know, you didn't have time to think. Um, I don't. Know, I think that was Megan. Um, I think that was exactly it. It's like you, your, your, your brain is just focused on what's the next. They just stop this next puck, <laughs> and uh, that's kind of what he did. And it was amazing because he uh, he rebounded from a really rough game last time, last yep. game, and uh, it was great to see him come back. 
Yeah, he was really good tonight. He was excellent. But thanks again, and thanks for hanging out with us tonight. I know it's a late night for you. Not never a problem, Mark. I appreciate the call. Thanks for uh, thanks for waiting. You have yourself a great night. You too. Take care. Thanks, man. Uh, four more calls before we wrap things up on our Flames Talk post game show tonight. Let's say hello to Parker. What's up, Parker? Hey, man. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks. Um, so I wanted to talk about Zadorov a little bit. Sure. Um, I love Zadorov. I'm sad that he's going to be going. But one thing that I kind of see myself wondering is why. I like Dennis Gilbert a lot as a seventh defenseman, but I don't like Zadorov playing the right side while we're trying to maximize his trade value. I feel like he looks uncomfortable on his right side compared to his left, maybe. I don't know if I'm looking too far into that. Um, I, I don't think you're necessarily looking too far into it. I, I think that's probably – I think that he definitely is a guy that is, is better on his left. Um, I yeah. think that the I, – I think the balance is is that as much as they are – you know, as much as there's a trade request and as much as they are probably looking at ways to fulfill that trade request, as frustrated as they are by the fact it went public the way it did, they're also trying to win hockey games, right? And I think that there's a feeling that um, you'd rather have Zadorov on the right side playing his offside as opposed to Gilbert um, because, you know, Zadorov is the better defenseman of the two, right? So yeah. maybe maybe you feel a little bit better having Zadorov play the offside compared to Gilbert. And, and as much as that maybe isn't the greatest for Zadorov, it still might be the best thing for the team, you know? Yeah, no, that's... I mean, that totally makes sense, but I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like he's definitely noticeably worse, and he's definitely been worse since the trade request, and I've noticed that he's been on the right side a lot more than I feel like I've seen him in the last three years. Yeah, and I mean, he, he it's only been the last, whatever, it's been three, four games since Gilbert's come back in, because when he was playing with Simone, D Simone's a right shot, so yeah, Simone played side. the right side, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, another one I have for you is uh, Kadri. Now I um, I know that it's a cap world and everything's very tight, but I feel like I feel like with the way that we saw Kadri play last year and this, even the start of this year before he was with Zary and even Pospisil, I feel like if you're Craig Connery, you should be jumping on the idea of I don't know how much money you'd have to eat or whatever, but I feel like you have to jump at the idea of maybe looking at trading Kadri. Um, Maybe not if it's not during the season, obviously, maybe next off season, if he has any little value to like get rid of him, just because I feel like that's a guy that, I mean, he's got an anchoring contract. Everyone knows that if it doesn't work out, I feel like that's a contract that they shouldn't hesitate to get rid of if they're able to. I think, I think if there was interest this coming summer and they were, you know, if it goes the way of them going in a, you know, slightly younger direction, and and I think that still remains to be seen, but if it does end up going that way, then, yeah, I think they would be open to seeing what could happen this offseason. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the call, Pat. Thanks very much. Uh, No problem, man. You have a great night, Parker. Appreciate it. Thanks. You too. Uh, three more calls before we wrap things up. What's up, Dale? You're up next. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I've got a couple for you. First one, um, I think uh, Vladar deserves the next start. He played really well. Why not? He did. He's still the, not the number one, though. 
Oh, I know that, but uh, give Mark Sherman another night. That's what geez. That's why he's here is to back him up and to give him a rest as well, right? Yes, and I, I'll say this: if if Markstrom is still under the weather come Thursday, then yeah, it's a no-brainer. But if he's healthy, if if Markstrom's a hundred percent and it's a twenty-four or forty-eight hour thing, like I, I think you go right back to to Jacob. Okay, there you go. Um, what does e-bug mean? So it is I've been um, hockey my whole life, and I do not understand what that. So means. it's just an acronym for emergency back up goaltender. Eba. There you go. Thank you. That's okay. Um, number three, Shillington. Yes. Does not does he still not owe us two years of his contract, even if he comes? You know. I don't know, man. I I think the, I think the Flames have handled this quite well. Um, oh, I agree. They have. They've done wonderful with this. But in the business sense, if it's just like Yasin uh, way back with Ottawa, he was he he didn't play, so he owed them a year. Shillington hasn't played, so does he not owe us a year or two uh, years? Per the CBA, no. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't I I didn't know if that was the case. Okay, all right then. No, um, his uh, his his contract will expire at the end of this year. Okay, that's that's unfortunate because I could have seen that kid win in a Norris at one time. The way he moved up the ice, the way he—that's what we're missing on our defense too—is the stretch pass. I haven't seen a real good one all season, but Shillington was really good at that, and he would have just got better and better and better. It, it really is from, and and I know there's there's a whole lot more going on, um, and and but I, it really is too bad from a. Um, from a hockey standpoint that that we haven't been able to see Oliver these last couple seasons because, yeah, he had a breakout year. He was great. He was. He was really good. Um, the other the other thing, um, uh, Dewar, can you not send him down? Problem is he is waiver eligible, so he'd have to, he'd have to clear oh, waivers. Okay. okay, yeah, he'd get picked up. Okay, because I was wondering about that, him and Ruzich. Send him down to the minors and let him play a bit. Both, be are, both are waiver eligible. Yeah, there you go. Okay, CBA, and we're in another knot in the in our in our rope, right? Yeah, I think we should keep Tanev though. I mean, if he wants to stay, I think yeah. it's it's if, an if, interesting if it, if it works for the Flames. The, the the thing is, what will be interesting, first of all, there's been a, a number of different reports suggesting that, uh, you know, the initial contract talks they were they were fairly far apart, uh, so at the bridge gap number two mm-hmm. that guy will be very sought after come the trade deadline so oh for sure oh he would be but he, just the way he plays that's what this team needs to play like i hear you you know like if if hubido or everybody started playing like that we'd be putting the cup over our shoulders in uh <laughs> what is it august no sorry june <laughs> sometimes the season seems a little bit long don't you agree it can be a grind. It sure can. Okay. Um, I think that's pretty much my entire list here. Okay. Well, have yourself a wonderful evening, and we'll listen again soon. All right. Awesome. Thanks for the call tonight, Dale. You be well. You as well. And uh, two more calls rolling through them on our Flames Talk post game this evening. We say hello to Josh. What's up, Josh? Hey, Patty. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Yeah, well, not bad. You get asked that every call, <laughs> but uh, one no, day, I one day, I'm gonna, in. I'm gonna swerve somebody and say I'm doing horrible. But today's not that day. Oh, you, oh, you have to. I, their <laughs> reaction, they wouldn't know what to say. 
Um, but uh, no, I texted in earlier, my buddy Dustin. That's great. Good to hear. I love it. Oh, um, this is uh, so you, you. This is you. You played. So you played with Dustin, hey? A long, long time ago, back at uh, like Crowchild, Crowchild, and whatnot. But yeah, did there and then played against him uh, once I moved away. But uh, yeah, absolutely. We used to hang out all the time. It was good. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So sorry. Anyways. Um, just wanted your opinion too on something. Uh, so, who do you think's the first one out the door if you had to pick? Zadorov, obviously, but uh, that seems to be taking a little more time. Do you think he's going to be the first one shipped? Uh, yeah. If I were a betting man, I would say yes. That's a huge blow. That's a huge blow to us. That's too bad. Um, and uh, the other thing, Coronado. Do you think he's going to be up soon? I think so. He's got to be. I think First I think he will. Kind of thing, right? I think I think if they're I, I think that they are looking at ways to see how they can bring him back up, and uh, he's he's playing really well down there. He's putting up points down there, so I, I I don't think it'll be too much too too much longer. But I don't think it's like knocking on the door either. But yeah, I, I think they're looking at it, and they de- I I know this. I know that that management is really happy with the way Matt has gone to the Wranglers and attacked it and shown them that hey, he's gonna play to the best of his ability at any level and he's played at a really high level there so i i know that management's really impressed in that respect yeah true those other young guys are making it hard to usually just pull them up but the next injury i'm thinking but uh yeah hopefully uh wolf gets another chance too i think he got shafted a bit that game he played good but uh we need we need him we need a better showing from him like another opportunity but uh, well, and that, here's the other question: Why did they do? Uh, why did they do Dusty as a e bug and are the Wranglers out of town right now? Yeah. Nope, they're here. But uh, so there's a 5 p.m. roster transaction deadline in the NHL, uh, uh, and Jacob left after that. So that's why they couldn't recall uh, anybody from the Wranglers in this case. Why they couldn't recall Dustin Wolf? Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's that's uh, that's about it. Our boy Backlund. I know we've talked a lot about him. He finally did it. That's great. Yeah, you know, we're both happy. But yeah, that's about that's about it. Okay, man. You have a great night, Josh. Thanks for the call. Hey. You too, man. Good to hear from you. You too. And uh, our last call tonight goes to Parsons. What's up, Parsons? Hey, buddy. Uh, hope you're having a good night. Um, I was at the game tonight. Um, again, yeah, I've been fortunate lately with tickets, and uh, these ones are really good, just 11 rows up from the ice. So it's uh, it's really interesting perspective watching it from there versus the television. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm really happy for the W. I'm happy for Uyghur to make the house happy in overtime, uh, especially against Las Vegas, of course, because they're – they're like a machine out there, Pat. Like it's almost like you can plug and play anyone into their system, and they're just they just move their feet, you know. And they were missing um, some pretty key players. Yeah, and just the way that they move out there, they're like a machine. It's um, so I'm I'm pretty proud of the guys that they pulled off the win tonight. So um, also proud of uh, Vladar. I thought he had uh, he was the backbone of our team tonight, hands oh, yeah. down. Yep. 
I mean, when he got bowled over, um, and I'm looking at the e-bug on the bench, I'm like going, oh, God. And then it happened twice to him in the game. So uh, the first one was worse. But, um, yeah, that uh, it could have been a whole different game altogether. Can you imagine yeah. what we would be talking about if, if <laughs> yeah. that's how things went? <laughs> Well, yeah, especially after that first one, because it, it, it looked rough. It looked rough. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. But, um, you know, I, I thought some guys had some good games. Like, I'll agree with you on the Kadri thing. Uh, he was flying out there. He was making some hits. Um, you know, um, I, I got some observations on a couple of guys, okay, that, you know, when you see him up close, it's – it feels a lot different than when you watch him on TV. And the first one is Dubé for sure. Um, And I kind of agree with the assessment that, you know, he's moved around so much. I kind of feel bad for the guy that he doesn't have a a particular assignment that he can lock into and kind of master. Because when you see this guy move out there, he, he is fast. He is tenacious. He hits people. Uh, he tries to find the quiet areas out there to get open for a shot, and he's got a heck of a shot. Uh, make no mistake about it. But um, I, I, I just wish there was more success for him. Um, I don't know at one point if they're ever going to kind of settle him down to one area or just keep shifting. It almost kind of reminds me of the Sam Bennett thing, but um, there are two different players, of course. But but no, kind of um, kind of a similar situation, though. I think that that's mm-hmm, and I and mm-hmm. I think in this case, the reason why with Dylan it has happened is is because he's a pretty versatile guy. So you know that you're like, okay, well, in this situation, we're looking for. Um, you know, we we need somebody to plug and play here. Well, Dylan can play all four, all, all three forward positions. So, uh, I think sometimes, again, I don't want to say it hurts him because being versatile never really hurts you in this league. But I do think sometimes it it can make it more of a challenge for him to find kind of a, you know, his way. His way and also to find a consistent role in the yeah. lineup. I think sometimes that can make it difficult to do that, too. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, if you're a left winger, then you're a left winger, right? Then you can control, you know, you can concentrate on your assignment and try to master it and learn the tricks of the trade along the way. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I'm i not sure what to uh, do on the Dubé front, but, uh, you know, um, I hope he gets... I hope they find something consistent for him in the future so he can develop these tools because he's got a really good toolbox for sure. Um, I saw a couple of guys. Yeah, um, I heard you know, a couple of compliments about a couple of players that I, I personally didn't think have great games tonight, Pat. Um, I thought Zadorov had an off game. Um, I thought uh, his effort was there, but he was losing puck battles left and right in his own zone. He, it's almost like he's lackadaisical with his passing right now. It's almost like his brain isn't in the game. So I, I thought that was a little bit concerning. And it was the same thing with Huberto. Um, he was losing puck battles, errant passes again, turnovers. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I hope these guys can get fixed soon. Um I didn't. I didn't think uh, Vegas's power play looked all that different from ours, other than the fact that they move their feet more, whereas we're a lot more stationary. And Vegas likes to put it down low, you know, close to the net, and they're 
really good at the half boards and getting it down there like that. Um, they're, they're like a machine like that. And, um, I guess I'll just end on this. I really love Anderson. I think he's an untouchable for this team. I think this guy could take his game to the next level. If he made quicker decisions off his stick and move, move that puck a little faster, especially on the power play. Um, because I think he's a very, very, very talented defenseman. But if he moved that puck a little bit more, um, I think that would be to his benefit for sure. So I'm just I'm happy to get the W tonight, man, uh, especially against Vegas. Uh, the house was on fire, obviously. You were probably there. So um, I yeah, do attend all the games. Yes, yes. So it, it was nice. It was nice, especially against Vegas. So uh, that's all I think I got, buddy. I mean – yeah, that's that's about it. So, okay, Pars, good to hear from yeah, you, man. Yeah, you take care. Have a great night. Okay, we'll talk soon. You bet. Okay, man, and uh, that will wrap us up with our phone calls this evening. Thank you for all your calls at four zero three two four zero forty four forty four. Thank you for all your texts at nine sixty nine sixty. As we start to wrap things up on our Flames Talk post game show, uh, it's time for our final summary. Here's how tonight's game went at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Flames kicking off a six game homestand. Uh, Vegas opened the scoring at the thirteen fifty three mark of the first period. William Carlson scores his tenth of the year a power play goal from Carlson to make it one nothing. Nick Waugh and Michael Amadio, the assists, and the Golden Knights led one nothing after 20 minutes of playing. No scoring in the second period. Flames finally tie the game early in the third. A.J. Greer scores his fourth of the year. Greer from Nazem Kadri and Connor Zary at 2.31 to tie this game at one. No more scoring the rest of the third period. Off to overtime we go. Flames had a uh, power play that finished the third period and started overtime. Could not score on it. But they do score with less than five seconds to go in overtime. This actually never got to three-on-three. So Flames started four-on-three on on the power play. Then the power play ended. We went to four-on-four. And four-on-four, we didn't have a whistle after that. So went four-on-four all the way to the end as uh, Mackenzie Weger takes it end-to-end and scores his fifth of the year to end it at 4.55 of overtime. Weger unassisted for the game winner and a 2-1 Flames win. Final shot for 34-26 in favor of Calgary. Flames go 0 for 3 on the power play. Vegas 1 for 3 with the man advantage this evening. With the win, Calgary improves to 9-10 and 3. They're back in action Thursday when they welcome the Dallas Stars. As for Vegas, they fall to 14-5 and 3. They're back in action tomorrow, Tuesday night on the road in Edmonton. Three stars tonight, number 3 Mackenzie Weger, number 2 Aiden Hill, and number 1 Dan Vladar. That is your final summary and now for everyone involved in Flames hockey tonight for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson for our on-site engineers, Tim Khalil and Evan Cody for our reporter, Logan Gordon, and for our outstanding producer, Azam Ali Nanji. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk post-game show, which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
As I mentioned, next up for the Flames, uh, they host the Dallas Stars Thursday night. That's a 7 o'clock face-off, 6 o'clock warm-up right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your Monday night or Tuesday. Have a wonderful week. Final score from the Dome tonight, Flames beat the Golden Knights 2-1 in overtime. This has been your Flames Talk post-game show, available wherever you get your podcasts. And this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.